Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Have you ever set a physical self-care goal to lose weight and then failed miserably? Me too. This week, I uncover some of the myths about weight loss and share how an after-action review plan can help you really get to know your body. I can't understand why I'm gaining weight, I whined to my best friend. I'm training for a marathon. You'd think those extra pounds would melt right off me. Have you started eating differently, she asked. Yeah, I've added a protein shake to my breakfast. That sounds reasonable, she replied. After all, you are burning more calories on those long runs. I set our conversation aside, but disappointment continued to nibble at me long after I ran my marathon. Why wouldn't exercising more actually help me lose weight? Changes in my cardiovascular system and endurance took place, naturally, but I had hoped to drop 5 to 10 pounds from around my midsection. Well, we might all be created equal, but we don't all operate the same. It turns out I had fallen prey to one of the many myths surrounding weight loss. Why? Because I never applied the after-action review process to my weight loss endeavors. If researchers know anything for certain about weight loss, it is this. Every single person loses weight differently. One person may walk between Subway stores for all his meals and experience amazing weight loss results. But if I tried that, I'd gain weight. Another person may eat sort of keto and experience the same amazing results, but not me. Training for a marathon might shed the belly fat off a man, but do nothing to lose the spare tire on a woman. If we truly want to achieve our weight loss goals, we must find better ways to become students of our own bodies. Trying random diet or exercise plans without really looking at how they affect our bodies subjects us to a recurring cycle of failure. Some people call it yo-yo dieting. Don't get me wrong. We should never link our value to a number on a scale or a dress size. But because our bodies are God's temple, we should do everything in our power to maintain optimal health. Trust me, I have ignored this advice many times over the course of my life. I do know I have a happy, healthy weight range where I have plenty of energy can keep up with my grandson or my students, and feel confident wearing the clothes in my closet. Do I look great in a bikini? No. Does it matter? Absolutely not. So here are seven myths about weight loss that just might surprise you. Any journey towards improved physical self-care should include a deep look at our why. But before we go there, I'll share some of the reasons people struggle to lose weight, and none of it has to do with self-control. Reason number one, we trade good behaviors for bad ones. I've fallen prey to this one more times than I can count. In fact, it's the culprit behind my marathon training weight gain. I figured if I ran more every day, I could also eat more every day. Unfortunately, I didn't make healthy choices. You can't run for an hour, good behavior, and eat a monster cookie, bad behavior, with impunity. I'll leave a link in the show notes to an article that goes into greater depth about this phenomenon. Reason number two, 
We don't accurately measure our effort when we exercise. Many people overestimate the number of calories they burn when they exercise, and then they fall into trap number one. The only way to have a pretty good idea is to wear a heart rate sensor or a fitness tracker, such as a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. Reason number three, we believe exercise will help us lose weight, when in reality, it will only help us maintain weight loss. This one shocked me. I grew up believing I had to meet a magic formula of energy in, food, and energy out, exercise. It turns out exercise plays a very small role in actual weight loss. Exercise will benefit your health in other areas. Just don't expect it to help you lose weight. Once again, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Reason number four, we suffer from metabolic compensation. Your body may fight itself to hang on to unwanted weight. If you exercise while trying to lose weight, don't add calories to your diet. New theories suggest our bodies will fight to hang on to weight, also known as metabolic compensation, instead of adjusting. Reason number five, we think we can substantially change our metabolic rate. We can change our metabolic rate, the rate at which we consume energy, slightly, but not through eating hot chili peppers. The more lean muscle mass we have, the speedier our metabolic rate. But most of us don't have time to maintain a bodybuilder's physique. If we want to increase our muscle mass for health's sake, by all means, start a weightlifting regime. Toned muscles will help us in other areas of our life, but we shouldn't rely on muscle mass to increase our metabolism. Reason number six, we could have an underlying medical condition. WebMD lists seven possibilities, including PCOS, hypothyroidism, and chronic stress. For some reason, seeing chronic stress on the list surprised me, even though I've suffered extreme weight gain due to chronic stress, which goes to prove we need to get to know ourselves better. And reason number seven, we don't exercise hard enough. Trust me, I run, but I would go the same slow pace all day long rather than sprint to the next telephone pole. Unfortunately, some studies indicate low to moderate intensity aerobic activity, such as a brisk stroll or cruising on your bicycle, will make you hungrier and lower your ability to control yourself around food. Go figure. Higher intensity exercise, such as sprinting, HIIT workouts, may have the opposite effect. Researchers looked at ghrelin, leptin, and cortisol levels as part of their studies. While scientists don't have a perfect understanding of how these work in our bodies, they know enough to caution us to exercise vigorously some of the time and not just rely on fat-burning exercises. So here's how to apply the after-action review process to improving your physical self-care. I'll leave a link in the show notes to Army and Training Circular 2520. The whole after-action review program was started to review field maneuvers in the Army but we can use it to apply to our individual lives as well. The four steps are planning, preparing, conducting, and following up. If you feel like you've seen this formula a lot lately, it's true. Repetition helps us internalize and learn. I grew up knowing how to eat healthfully, but not practicing everything I knew. For many vegetarians, their unspoken motto becomes, vegetarianism, eat sweets, not meats. Vegetarianism, among other things, plays a role in longevity, but not all vegetarianism is equal, and not all vegetarians eat healthfully. Somewhere between youth and middle age, 
I have required some very unhealthy eating habits and thought distortions about food. I value physical self-care, but recognized a problem area I needed to work on. This after-action review process will help me make more effective progress. So here is how the after-action review works when you're applying it to a physical self-care goal. Hack number one, plan in advance for success. Remember, the after-action review doesn't actually start with after the event. It starts with planning. The four steps of planning include task, what actions to take, purpose, why is it important, intent, a statement of goals, and end state, what the desired result is. The task for me is to repair my relationship with food. Why? Because I want to maintain my happy, healthy weight without extremes in eating styles. Intent, I will learn how to eat mindfully and listen to my body. In state, I will maintain my health through mindful eating, healthy exercise, including weight training and vigorous aerobic exercise, and recognize my thought distortions about food and my eating habits. Hack number two, preparations. Preparations help make it real. Right before Christmas, about a year and a half ago, I finally decided I had had enough of the same five pound battle to maintain my weight. I knew how I could lose the weight, again, but one can only eat a ketogenic diet for so long, and Noom's advertising got to me. So I caved and found a great deal on Noom. The way I did it, I kept starting to sign up but didn't go through with it, and they eventually gave me a reasonable offer, one I couldn't refuse. And once I spend money on something, I have a big incentive to follow through with it. Participants on Noom should plan on spending 5 to 10 minutes a day reading the psychology materials and a few minutes each time you eat, logging your meals. I chose a time for the daily readings and started my journey. Hack number three, conduct the after-action review. I have done an after-action review on a weekly basis, and I've noticed these things. I struggled to eat more carbs at first because I'd eaten low-carb for so long. My weight didn't shoot up, and I half expected it to so I continued to eat lots of fruits and veggies. Weight does not melt off me in the same way it does each time I get 20 pounds overweight and start eating low carb again. I like the instant gratification, so I struggle with the reality of slow weight loss. Eating mindfully takes practice, but it really does help me to enjoy my food more. Not as much as Bob and what about Bob, but I do enjoy my food more when I eat mindfully. I feel as if I've learned invaluable things about how our bodies handle weight, what triggers us to overeat, and how to implement a growth mindset in my relationship with food. For me, the coaching hasn't played a huge part in Noom, but I can see how it would really help some people. Once again, I like the way Noom tries to change our relationship with food rather than declare foods as off-limits or evil. The only real complaint I have so far is how Noom links calories burned through exercise to an increased caloric budget for the day. Doing so makes it easy to fall into the good behaviors for bad behaviors myth, or justifying our milkshake with a five-mile run. The fourth hack is following up. According to the new map, I should have arrived at my goal weight on February 4, 2021. And believe it or not, it did. So far, I feel as if I am making sustainable changes. In fact, I've sustained them for over a year. More importantly, I have gained understanding into my thought distortions in my bordering on unhealthy relationship with food. Because I value physical self-care, I feel motivated to make it a permanent part of a healthier lifestyle. Here are some other physical self-care ideas. You could establish a bedtime routine to improve your sleep. 
You could eat more fruits and vegetables. You could cut down on meat. Try walking outside every day. Learn a new sport. Bird watching is a great way to start. You could reduce stress by parking as far away from the store as possible. You won't get frustrated trying to find a spot. You'll spend more time outside. And you might not buy as much because you won't want to haul it all to your car. You could cut down on caffeine or grow a garden. You could get a dog or take the dog that you have on more walks. In an epic of instant gratification, learning to put the hard work into making sustainable changes seems overwhelming. Get to know yourself and your physical self-care needs. Just because something works for me doesn't mean it will work for you. Dig deep into your why. Why do you want to make changes? I'll leave a link in the show notes to a post that you can check out for more guidance. Use the after-action review format to get to really know your body and what works for you. Life is a journey. Go ahead and enjoy it. This is the 100th episode of the Self-Care Hacks podcast, and I invite you to join me on my website, anitaojeda.com, and enter to win Apple AirPods Pro. One lucky winner will receive Apple AirPods Pro in a drawing that ends on Friday, May 27th. So if you're listening to this podcast between May 22 and May 27, hop on over to A-N-I-T-A-O-J-E-D-A dot com and enter to win Apple AirPods Pro. I'll announce the winner on next Sunday's podcast. Don't forget the seven mistakes that many people make when they're trying to lose weight. One, we trade good behaviors for bad ones. Two, we don't accurately measure our effort when we exercise. Three, we believe exercise will help us lose weight. Four, we suffer from metabolic compensation. Five, we think we can substantially change our metabolic rate. Six, we could have an underlying medical condition. Seven, we don't exercise hard enough. And then, There's the four parts of the after-action review, planning, preparing, conducting, and following up. Come back next week when we have our final episode on the after-action review and talk about the hacks for improving our spiritual self-care. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, Take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.